0: Welcome to the Virgin Diabetic Podcast. My name is Denise Panzers, diabetes and holistic lifestyle coach. Type 2 diabetes is a disease that plagues over 115 million in the US and hundreds of millions worldwide. I was one of those unlucky people to be diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and prescribed medication with four daily insulin shots. I was devastated. I realized, contrary to what everyone told me, I could reverse my diabetes, and my happy day was when I eliminated all medication and insulin and regained my health. Join me on this journey to learn and gain insight on reversing the effects of your diabetes. Hi everyone, thanks for joining me today. Now we are going to be doing what I call lightning round questions. So I have several questions that listeners have sent to me and I'm going to just share my answers right here on the air. So I think so many of you will feel like you're not the only person that struggles with some of the same questions that we all have with diabetes. So I really do think these answers are going to be helpful to all. Now, our first question comes from Joe who asks, my doctor keeps telling me I need a statin drug because I'm diabetic. Is it really related? Well, Joe, I used to actually question the same thing because a lot of times we don't get that right explanation on just because I'm diabetic, why do I have to have cholesterol problems? So wonderful question. Well, just so you understand it, diabetes can actually upset the balance between HDL and an LDL cholesterol, and your triglycerides. So your HDL is what we refer to as your good cholesterol. And that is because we take that excess cholesterol and it removes it from your blood so it doesn't really build up against the walls of your blood vessels. So people with diabetes tend to have what we call LDL particles. Think of them like popcorn, that are kind of like mushy, like mud, and then they stick to the arteries and they damage the blood vessel walls much more easily than somebody who typically would not have diabetes. This is what we've referred to as hardening of the arteries because that plaque that builds up on your walls doesn't allow your blood vessels to be pliable. And that's what we need for healthy blood flow. And then your triglycerides. So those are going to be fats that are made by your body, basically from the food that you eat. So too much is a known risk for cardiovascular disease. So we don't want our triglycerides to be too high. Typically we say keep it below 150, but it really all depends on how well your cholesterol is balanced. So this can really start making you think about those food choices because that affects your cholesterol. So it's not only the type of fat that you eat, but it's also the carbohydrates and the amount and the type of carbohydrates that you eat that turn to sugar. And with diabetes, your body can really have a hard time using those carbs efficiently. So it's basically, it sits as fat. Well, insulin-resistant fat cells can then release these large amounts of what we call free fatty acids into the circulation of your system, and then that gets kind of taken up by your liver. So it's also important to have a healthy liver. And the next piece of this is that glucose then in our system attaches to what are called lipoproteins. And lipoproteins are actually needed to carry cholesterol around your body. Think of lipoproteins like a taxi service. So this is why we say too much sugar can be toxic. So diabetes and heart disease are what I call sister diseases. One feeds into the other, causing a metabolic impairment. But the good news is we can work to improve your glucose and your cholesterol. Alrighty, then we have Mariana. Mariana's question is, I'm really getting frustrated when I eat out at restaurants. I have a healthy meal and my glucose still spikes up. I'm having doubts that I'll ever improve or reverse my diabetes. Do you think I can still do some good? Well, wonderful question, Mariana. Well, it is very difficult to control how food is really prepared outside of your home. So don't assume that the meal you're ordering is free of carbs that you actually have to avoid. So ask the waitstaff staff how your food's prepared. Is it with or without flour? Is it deep fried, baked? Uh, broiled, pan-fried. That can make a difference for some people. And then think about even salads, the hidden ingredients that are in salads. So you know what? There's one thing I want you to think about when you see salads. You might see something that says candied nuts, or you might see craisins in a salad. That really is just a lot of unneeded sugar. In fact, you know, recently I was at a restaurant where I ordered chicken salad, and I made the assumption that I could see that there was going to be craisins in there, and then I would just pick them out and not eat them. Let me tell you, I was wrong. There were more craisins than there was chicken salad. So you just have to be careful when we assume. Now, another thing that's out there, which is kind of, a, I think, a fad for now, but we'll see long-term what happens is gluten-free pizza. Now, this can typically have a lot of rice flour, tapioca flours, and there could be some other hidden ingredients in there that are going to spike your glucose, even if on the menu it tells you it's a cauliflower pizza crust. So when you check the restaurant's nutritional chart, which a lot of times are actually posted online, look at not only at the carb count, but find out what the ingredients are that actually make up those carbohydrates. You might actually be shocked at what you learn. So Mariana, in this case, it's not you, it's them. You just need to learn what questions to ask when you put in your food order. Now, I really don't typically suggest saying that you're diabetic because the restaurant staff has no idea what that means when it comes to food. And I've had a lot of waiters and waitresses and say, oh yeah, I know what that is. My mom's diabetic. My grandma's diabetic. My grandpa's diabetic. But they still don't have a clue. So we have to kind of help direct them as to what we would like to have. So Try mentioning maybe that you're watching carbohydrates. They might have a little better idea when you say that. You might want to say that you're gluten-free so you can avoid wheat if that's what you need to do. And I've even seen mashed potatoes listed on a menu under gluten-free. And usually that's because then it does not come with gravy, but it doesn't mean it's a carbohydrate that you may necessarily can have. So look at the ingredients, clarify How it's prepared. You know, I've ordered things and forgot to ask, oh, is it dredged in flour or something else? I've seen things packed with crackers, all kinds of crazy things out there, right? But these might be things that really are not going to help you while you're trying to heal from your diabetes. Now, in case you've not actually heard of my breakfast fiasco, I'll share briefly. So when I first started to fix my diabetes, I was out to breakfast and I had it down pat on what I was going to order. And that was my veggie omelet, a side of tomatoes, no toast, no potatoes, and a cup of black coffee. Now, I went home to check my glucose afterwards, and it really spiked up. I was actually kind of shocked. So I went back to the restaurant to ask what they might put in that veggie omelet. And lo and behold, you'll never guess, it was pancake flour. Yep, you heard me right. Pancake flour in my omelet. Who does that? Well, you might be surprised by the number of restaurants that actually do add flour to scrambled eggs and omelets to kind of fluff them up. And it typically will happen, I've seen it across the country, and I typically see that in chain restaurants. So right there, that is a huge lesson because we've made an assumption we would not do that at home, but the restaurants are doing it. But you know what, Mariana, you can absolutely improve your diabetes. It just takes a little practice in dining out. Okay, now we have Anthony. And Anthony says, my doctor says if I lose weight, my diabetes can go away. But several of my family members have diabetes. So do you think this is really true? Well, Anthony, I'm going to make this a three-part answer. Part one, typically when you do lose weight, your body does not need to produce more insulin. So too much insulin actually causes us to continue that weight gain, and it makes your fat and muscle cells desensitized to the insulin that it does produce. So we kind of get this mouse in a wheel effect. So yes, losing weight is always a plus. Now, part two of my answer is do not make the mistake of going on the diet merry-go-round where your glucose gets better and then you go back to your old dining habits and your weight increases again and then your glucose starts to creep up again. When you do this back and forth, it disrupts your metabolism. And then part three in my answer is that I also believe that it's important to do some additional lab testing so we can see how well your pancreas is functioning. Now, you may be improving by losing weight, but if your pancreas is stuck in an overproduction mode for insulin, even if it is better than it was before... We want to correct that issue, and we want to ensure your pancreas is healthy and functioning at an optimal level long-term. So Anthony, getting a baseline of your pancreas functionality, a C-peptide test, is important to understand, especially since diabetes runs in your family. And Rosie, Rosie wants to know, my doctor wants me to take metformin, but the last time I took it, I was terribly sick. I want to avoid other medications and fix it naturally. How do I convince my doctor? Well, Rosie, that's a great, great question. Actually, this is a really common question that I get. And in the last decade, I have been hearing more and more people getting sick from metformin than I certainly ever imagined I would hear, because we always hear that it is the safest and the oldest medication around. But I also hear many patients are prescribed metformin a second time and have the same issue of not feeling well. So moving on to answer your question. Well, wait, hang on because i think i actually may surprise you with my answer it's not your doctor that you need to convince it's you when your test results are not showing an improvement or worse yet you have increase in your glucose levels then in all fairness to your doctor what would you expect them to say don't get me wrong i'm not blaming you what i want each of you to hear is that something in your life needs to change. You can fall into one of two camps. One, now you are actually trying, but you just can't seem to keep any improvements that you do make. You kind of go through that yo-yo effect. Or you're in the second camp. You've not realized you absolutely need to make life changes. Just not taking medication will not fix your diabetes. So let's start with those who have not realized changes really need to be made. No one, unfortunately, can help you. It sounds nice that you don't want to take medication or that you want to improve your diabetes naturally. But in this case, only action speaks louder than words. Now, do you remember the saying, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear? Well, when you're ready, I'm here. Just reach out to me. And those of you that are struggling, you're trying hard and you don't seem to be making as much headway as you think you should and the doctor still wants to put you on medication. While I feel your pain, I was there. But what's the first thing you typically change? Food, right? I just had a discussion with someone who changed their diet. They stopped eating meat, added some other healthy options, and then all of a sudden their glucose continued to go up that's when most people just want to throw in the towel. And I understand that frustration because we think that common sense in changing the diet was the right thing to do. Now, I don't have enough information, but I am going to make an educated guess and say, Rosie, you probably did make some dietary changes. And they can be perfectly healthy food options. My question is, are they healthy for you, specifically you? Your body might not like some of the changes any better than what you were eating before. So step one, we need to find the foods that make you feel good and lower your glucose. Step two, are you taking medications that can be inhibiting your progress? So we need to know all the medications that you are taking. And step three, We need to know how well you're digesting food. So many people don't realize that they actually have digestive issues, but I can tell you that after years of processed foods, most of us have probably really done some damage and trashed our guts. I know I did, but this can certainly be addressed and improved. Now, when you can absorb vitamins and minerals properly, because when your gut is trashed, That doesn't happen very well. We can work and identify the foods that you specifically need. Each person might need a diet that's slightly different. So your body then, we put it in a mode where it can start to heal, and then we can start seeing glucose improve naturally. Now, the follow-up step is to learn then how to maintain your healthy glucose levels long-term. And we have Sue Ellen, who is asking, what is the best supplement that I can take for diabetes? Well, there's another great question, and it really depends on what you're looking for. Just like medication, supplements will work differently from each other. So let's talk about a few of them that will work on improving your insulin resistance. Bitter melon, alpha lipoic acid, and chromium. Now, bitter melon has chemicals in it that seem to maybe act like insulin to help you lower your blood sugar levels. And we think it actually works by bitter melon causing your glucose to actually get into your cells where it's supposed to be, right? Your fat and muscle cells. And then that actually helps your body process carbohydrates. It gets stored in your liver. You get carbs stored in your muscles and your fat cells. So it just kind of helps to push it into your cells. That's bitter melon. Another one is alpha lipoic acid, which has been shown to reduce insulin resistance through probably a very similar action as bitter melon, which then overall will improve your blood sugar control. And it can also ease symptoms of nerve damage, which is diabetic neuropathy. And the third thing that it looks like it can do is also lower the risk of diabetic retinopathy. So it can actually uh, be helpful for our eyesight. Then we have chromium, the third one. And that really is an essential mineral that appears to have a beneficial role in regulating insulin action. So we can get some of that from food. And it affects how it metabolizes carbohydrates, proteins, and lipids, your fats. Now, diabetes patients can actually be deficient or low in chromium. So it actually might be a good idea to get a blood test so you know for sure. Now, we have another supplement out there called Lysulin. L-Y-S-U-L-I-N. In fact, one of my earlier podcast sessions was with the creator of Lysulin. So you might want to listen to that one for many more details. But in short, Lysulin works like a sponge to absorb glucose from the hemoglobin that's in your red blood cells. So you should actually start seeing a lower A1C result over time. We also have a supplement called Berberine. It's another well known supplement. In fact, it is similar in the way it works like metformin, where it inhibits the absorption of glucose in your digestive tract. Berberine has also been known to help improve your LDL cholesterol and high blood pressure. But I would take note here because some people actually can get side effects that are similar to side effects with metformin. Now, sometimes if you lower the dosages of berberine and then work your way back up to it, it might be okay. Now, here's how I like to approach this process. It does not make sense to go from supplement to supplement to supplement. You know, I see most people tend to have a similar issue. Nothing ever really works. Does it mean these supplements are bad or it's not true that they work? not necessarily. You know, just like medication, not all supplements work for every person. Well, and then there's this. We want supplements to work as quickly as medication. And that typically does not happen. Minimum two to three months if you're going to try a supplement, then give it an honest effort. Now, I do suggest lab testing to see if you're deficient in any nutrients. Be sure to also make your necessary dietary changes because you cannot assume supplements alone, just like medication, will fix your diabetes. It might for a short period of time. But when we target your care in the right direction, that's when you will see progress and improvement. Now, I'm going to take the opportunity to put in a plug for my coaching program called My Diabetes Concierge. It's a one year online learning program with private coaching sessions. Now, everything we talked about today is actually covered in My Diabetes Concierge. So if you want more information on that program, go to reversemydiabetes.net and click on the memberships for more information. Well, I want to thank everyone who sent in questions. I'm sorry I could not get to all of them today. But if you have questions, please go to reversemydiabetes.net and submit your questions, which I can answer on air. And feel free to book a complimentary consultations to get your answers that much faster. Thanks, everyone. I wish you the best of health. Thank you for joining me today. New episodes are released on the first and third Wednesday each month. For more information or a free consultation, visit reversemydiabetes.net. Follow me on Instagram, The Virgin Diabetic, and on Facebook, Reverse My Diabetes. I wish you the best of health.